Check, 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 one, two, one, two. This is Uni V Soul, and you're listening to This Is Life with Uni V Soul, the voice of urban culture. But you said you got clients all during the day? Yeah. So I, I normally, normally my schedule goes from 5 a.m. to about 12 straight through. Then I get like a little break or pause and I pick back up to like a couple midday people. So to at two, maybe, maybe at three, three thirty. And then there's another down, like small down period. And then boom, five o'clock comes five thirty. I go hard till nine thirty. But what's the name? How many people are you doing a day? I'm doing nothing less than eight hours right now. Unless someone cancels, I can end up with a six, seven hour day. Is that by like, design? Like, like working on, like you talk, working with clients. Is that by design? Nah. It's when, when people are available. That's the only, that's that's the tough part about being a trainer is that you're at the mercy of other people's schedule because they are your your clients are your resource. This this is what's funding your ability to go out and do what you love. So if they don't get off work until four thirty and they can't get to you five thirty, but that 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 part is cool because it's still appointment based. You can still kind of move your thing around. I mean, it's like yo, like yeah, you know, I did a thing with Popeye, right? And his thing at the barber shop, he does appointments only. Mm-hmm. And yeah, granted, he's there to, during his clients, but he does schedule his vacations and stuff like that. Like it still gives him flexibility. So I would imagine that you still oh, have right. flexibility. Yeah, I'm still in control. Yeah, I'm still in control. So it's like if I didn't want to like Tanya is one of my latest clients and, you know, her son had a surgery. So for her and, her, you know, her husband's job, she can't get here at 830. But she had a great story and I wanted and I wanted to help. Like when you get someone with a great story um, and, you know, you can help them get to their goals that story alone is going to bring in another two to three clients, you're going to jump aboard. One, because you want to see that person be successful. Two, because, you know, that's where your passion is, is in someone who has either successfully lost, you know, and then gained weight back, lost, you know, whatever their fitness journey is, when it looks turbulent and you know you can add that, you know, that structure and stability to get them to where they want to be, that's where your passion lies. It's like, okay, because this is what I do. We lose weight here. So, so it, 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 and it sounds like you're more than driven than money. It's like this passion. For yeah, fitness. absolutely. A hundred percent. That's why it's like working the long hours, doing, having to be in this building from 5 a.m. It's not really work. To 9.30 and only having an hour and a half to yourself here, or maybe two hours there where I'll squeeze in my own workout. It's not really work because I'm in, like, I'm in love with what I do. But at the same time, you know, having to have that long day and have these weird kind of spotty off times it is that is a struggle because you wish you just had this lump sum of block time that you can get you know x y and z done because i'm not only a trainer like i'm the admin um the building maintenance you know, so there's so much other work to get done on top of so and, you know and that leads me to that and that that's a thing too because you decided to have a brick and mortar thing where businesses that are brick and mortar at this point are closing their doors because they have to worry about rent. They have to worry about insurance. They have to worry about all these things. Now, not only do you have to worry about rent, you have to worry about insurance. You, like you said, you're the admin. You have to do all these things. You know, and you know, I, I hear people, you know, when they say, "Oh, I'm an entrepreneur," and they don't, you know, some people get it, some people don't. Like you doing all these things, don't, don't you feel like that kind of hinders you in a way sometimes? Like it becomes too much in a way. Um, kind of, sorta, I guess depending on what an individual's, you know, I guess what their vision is. I mean, I know what my vision is and, you know, in due time, I, I want to be able to take my brand of fitness and franchise it. And I look at the creator and owner of Retro Fitness and how well he started in South Jersey, Italian guy, you know, with the red and the, uh, and the yellow and calling it Retro Fitness, getting back to the basics. Because this is at the time when big, expensive gyms were hot products. And he was like, you know, big expensive gyms are not what pe- is not for everyone, and it's not what people are always looking for. So he he was able to brand himself so well in an expensive gym market, you know, for for a gym membership that he branded himself so well that he's been able to branch out from just South Jersey. You talk about all throughout Jersey, PA, into New York City, and he's done it successfully. So and he doesn't have to be present. You know, at every location now. So okay, okay, and so you're saying like for this, for where you're at now, you're this is like your test ground to do the franchise. Like this, this is, is like you're trying to make this like a. I mean, in a sense, it would be like a home base in a sense. Right. So and 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 saying that, then 
I guess the whole time that you're training people, you have to figure out a way to get it where it's scalable, where it's like exactly. I can have I have these programs, I have all these things for Forever Young Fitness. All you're doing, you're buying this, and then you're going to move it to this part of Jersey, this part of Jersey, or you're going to move it to California, or you're going to take it overseas, and these are what you got to do. Kind of even like CKO has the same thing. You know, they franchise, I think, yo, come to find out, it was starting in 96 in Hoboken, and then the guy didn't franchise until 2006, I think, or something like that. And then they, you know, started with three and then popped up. But it's all basically the same. The root, I mean, the individual franchises can do a little something, but it's based around the back. So the kind of same concept. Yeah, and, I, and, and that's my vision. And my thing is, like, I don't necessarily... I don't say that I don't want to be coast to coast and I don't want to be international, but that's not the goal. My thing is taking my philosophy and being effective, being like a syringe and being that direct injection of people falling in love. Fitness is a journey and too many people are crash dieting, too many people are signed up for the big gym thinking they found the answer or signing up for this program thinking they found the answer when people are not teaching you must embrace the journey of fitness because it is a lifestyle change. So when people sit down with me, I've literally turned people away like we are not a good fit. Mm. If you sit down with me and you sound so-so about trying to finally make this, you know, correct change in your life or the proper change to get you to where either you've been before or you're trying to get to, I'll tell you that I'm not the trainer for you. Because one, I'm going to find out where your fitness level is. I'm going to meet you there. I'm going to challenge you every step of the way. Because I hold very firm to every four to five weeks, I change up your program so that we continue to challenge the muscles to grow because your muscles, your metabolism. So I'm going to directly stay in your face. I'm knee deep in the struggle with you. And as long as you're giving me your your best and 100 percent, I will, you know, I almost bend over backwards to make sure that we get you to where you want to. So now that but now there's a conflict with franchising because now you sound boutique. You sound like a boutique place because if you're willing to turn, you know, a franchise is like a box thing here. Turn the key and everything will work. Mm-hmm. Nobody, yo, we need bodies to mm-hmm. keep this thing. Retro fitness is definitely not, none of the gyms are turning, franchises are turning people away. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So in in a sense, you're saying I want a franchise, but then you're like, you're doing a boutique thing. Mm-hmm. And then also too, you're saying I'm, I'm in your face for the struggle. I'm here with you. So it's like, let's just say you franchise. When you're a franchisor, you would actually have to interview people that are so passionate they're gonna have the same because exactly. these are the cops. So then, how do you how do you do that? The, your road to franchise might not like you're you're running two different races basically. Yes. And that struggle has already presented itself because I haven't been able to find it. I'm so busy now, I haven't been able to find another trainer that I can look at and say they think like me or they work like me. So I've already run into that problem, and I will continue to hold strong until it's like. If Steve Jobs doesn't hold to what he believes in, despite being let go from his first company, so on and so forth, Apple is not what it is. Apple is not what it is today. So but. me holding to, I have the vision. I have to re, I have to wait until I find the right people that are ready to step in. That's why I said I may not be coast to coast because of my, I guess, boutique mentality okay. and the way I'm doing it. And I understand that. But if I'm three to four locations strong. And my vision and my theology is in those buildings and being pushed. I've been successful. So then it's more, I mean, and then at that point, it wouldn't be, I guess in a sense, it wouldn't be franchising. I wonder if that would still be. It still is because what it is. So so franchising is, you know, someone has the rights to use for every young fitness and performance, you know, elsewhere. To license it. Right. Right. And. I have a direct say into how they're doing things, but I'm not micromanaging how they're doing things. But the individual that I'm allowing to go franchise, I guarantee you I've sat down and worked with them for you know, an extended amount of time before I just said, here goes the keys to the kingdom. So then another question becomes, because with franchising, it's, uh, there's a standard, right? Like most gyms that are franchised, just like a taco or most food places, Everything kind of you walk in, you, it doesn't matter where the location, it all looks the same. So you have this business model here, the way that this looks here. So if you're franchising, are you setting up a standard here? Like the way that like because this when I walk into the building, it doesn't look like a, it doesn't look or smell like a regular gym. I wanted to say that to you. That was the first thing I said. It's like, does it smell like gym? It smells good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it doesn't smell like, you know, and it's like, so 
And then it doesn't look like a gym. Like, you know, you walk downstairs. I mean, and I know you have to work with the, the space. Yeah. So, but you, you, you walk downstairs, boom, automatically weights. Then you walk to the next room. There's heavy bag, speed bag, boom, there's boxing. You know, I, I, and I imagine, I guess they do jump rope out there. You probably even use yeah. the outside of them. Do. And then you come upstairs and then this is like only, basically like a dance studio. Mm-hmm. So saying that you're going to franchise, would you take that same, keeping everything consistent with logo and everything, theology, everything. Mm-hmm. Would you keep that consistent or it's like, yo, you're just working with the space. Uh, and then on paper, you would have to, as you're, you're developing your, you, the way that you're going to franchise on paper, you would have to set up a, or, you know, or, yeah, or, or is this your model? So let's say I stumble upon a building that's twice. So I got 25 to 2,700 square feet in. Let's say I would stumble on it. Cause that, that's the goal. I would love to double the size. If not, you know, two and a half okay. times what I have now. Um, because that opens up the realm where you can now put the indoor turf, which is very necessary, and a small sprint track that's very necessary. But most mm. of what I do downstairs, the reason why it doesn't look like a typical gym is because functional training is a real thing, and it, it applies to life, daily life. Okay. So when people come in here and they're looking for machines and all that, you're not going to find it here because you can do just, you can be just as effective, if not more, which more times are not more effective doing functional training with dumbbells and free weight or a cable or, or, you know, one small cable machine or, you know, a resistance band to get to where you want to be in your fitness life or in your overall health, you can make that happen more effectively and benefit more with free weights and functional training than you can sitting on a structured machine doing isolated, you know. Why is that? Because a big bulky machine, let's just say leg extension, all right? Sitting down a leg extension machine and you're kicking up, back, up and back, up and back, up and back. That's all well and good. That's not a natural motion for the body. Really? How often in life do you sit down and do this? <laughs> you don't. He's it just said because it's audio. He's kicking his leg up and down. Like yes. if the doctor hit your knee and your leg popped up. So a leg extension machine that just it just it doesn't apply to life. So yeah, I mean for a bodybuilder, yes, you want to do you know you want to do high reps and you want to you know shred the muscle and you want to get that hypertrophy going so that you have the large quad muscles so when you get on stage you can flex that's all well and good i have two people that come here with parkinson's ironically enough the same sport that's known to cause parkinson's in different cases that's not the only cause of parkinson's but we know that boxing is directly related to parkinson's the art of boxing, the speed bag and the shadow boxing and, you know, the uppercut rope, you know, the double end bag, all that stuff plays a part in keeping away the tremors for a person with Parkinson's. These are the people that I'm training. I'm training. In oh, these. you said all of them are, are what? They do what? All of these different exercises and drills for boxing actually keep away the tremors from Parkinson's. Oh, OK. OK. It's a direct it's it's a known fact that all those things actually have benefit for a person with Parkinson's. So for those particular folks, weightlifting is not like so critical versus. Well, I don't want to say it's not critical because they are because both my clients are up there in age. So we all know that from the age of 30 on, we suffer from what's called sarcopenia, and that's the natural degeneration of our muscle tissue. Okay. So your metabolism is slowing down on a daily basis once you hit the age of 30. So. When someone says the fountain of youth, yes, that is fitness, the fountain of youth, because you're now fighting against time. So that elderly man who can't reach up in the cupboard or can't get down on the ground, he didn't maintain his muscle, his skeletal muscle. So he struggles with the basic functions of life, functional training. Okay. Okay. All right. So when you teach someone to squat properly, and I'm not saying load up the bar with 225 and throw it on their back and teach them how to squat, but you can take a nice 15-pound kettlebell and teach them proper squat form and help their legs get stronger so that... You know, someone in their 70s yes. can, can manage to get up and down with no problem. Functional training. Is, is that your ideal client, like an older, a older um, client? Not necessarily. I mean, I do it. I mean, because I coach track and field for seven years. I'm, I'm a certified USA uh, track and field coach. Yeah. Um, and I love track and field. I love coaching. I love getting kids between the ages because uh, AAU track goes from the ages of six to 18. I love getting my hands on kids who have very little confidence in their athletic abilities. Come in, they may be a little heavy set, some not. Some, this is their first competitive sport. You get in here and they're just, the coordination's off and they're struggling with this and they're struggling with that and you see the pain from the hard work and you can see the desire to say, man, this is not for me. And they get through an entire season and they win their first heat. 
or they win, you know, they get their first medal right. or they make it to nationals for the first time. You see a confidence in kids that they never knew they had. Their parents never knew they had. And it's a direct, you know, the fitness industry or athletics is a direct, is in direct relation with the way a kid carries himself uh, throughout life because they experience so much. They experience losing. They experience winning. Right. They experience, you know, what it is to work hard, what it is to work hard and not get to where you said you or where yeah. you said you wanted to be. Right, right, so they right. now experience all these different emotions just through. And I'm just going to say track and field because that's athletics you know, in general. Yeah, athletics. athletics in general. So it's like my passion for that is so strong that I intend on spending my summers after because this is my first year through, you know, in business, like you said, brick and mortar. This is my first year doing it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to start the track team this summer, but it's just not realistic because I still have other goals to achieve business-wise so that I can step away and focus on it. But I ten- I do intend on volunteering my time in this town of Garfield because they need it. They neglect athletics so much that you got a lot of kids out here aimless wandering, not doing anything productive with themselves because they had no idea that if they applied themselves, a little bit of focus, commitment, dedication, you're on a street that's going to teach you the ups and downs and emotions of life so that you now have more control over yourself. You begin to master yourself and put yourself in tough situations in life that you can now handle better. You sound you sound like you have uh, you. you. I don't know if you you realize or not, but when you're saying well, you must because you, you, you're touching on it, the functional training. It sounds like you found your own unique niche in the market, being that people are running. To fitness, you know, everybody's running to fitness, whether they do Zumba or they do whatever the hell. There's all kind of different stuff. But to say, hey, I do functional training. And you know what I'm saying? Somebody going to the gym and like, yo, I want to get ripped. I want to look a certain way. Like, this is a big thing because especially with IG models and Instagram, right? And people want to look a certain way because they want to wear the clothes and they want to, you know, it's like, it's like, that's cool. You're saying that's cool. And you may, you know, different body types at it. But it's like the one thing that you have. Do it. What you're saying is like the unique, the like the USP, the unique selling point is that yo, this is functional training. You know, what I'm saying just throwing this thing at, so like yo, you know, you know that your body at this age, this goes down. So I'm gonna help you that when you're boom, you can get down on your knees, you can do this and that like that. Like that sounds like this is your, that's your unique spot. You have any competitors in that that, that you know that are are focused on that? Yeah, I mean, functional training is everywhere. Um, f f f f athletic performance. Especially up here in North Jersey, it's everywhere. Well, these, that's in the, but that's in athletics. But I'm talking about the, an everyday person. The, these kids are starting very young. Um, I think everybody wants to look good naked. I don't know anybody who doesn't want to. You know, you, you shower and you look over in the mirror. You don't want to have to look down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to have to look down. I'm but, looking up anyways. I don't care. But if you're actively trying to live a healthier lifestyle and right, you're applying it. things like functional training and clean eating to your everyday life, the aesthetically pleasing part is it's almost a given. That's a, like a byproduct. Yeah, it's just like you want to look good naked. How about just saying, let me get control of my lifestyle and live the healthiest life I can live. Because look, say that's a lot of work though. It it, it I, absolutely I want is. Cookies, I want cake. I want chips. I want burgers. Like yo, that's a lot. The direction that our society is heading, and if those that are still you know got the wool of the eyes and haven't seen it. Our big food manufacturers are in bed with our insurance companies and the farm and the pharmaceutical companies. All right. We are going to find the cheapest, most processed way to make your food, which we are, we all know is not good for us. It's doing crazy kinds of damage to our bodies. Right. Insurance companies are raising rates because you are now this walking case heart attack medical case right, 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 that right, you're right, always right. in the doctor so their rates are going up and, and pharmaceutical cases yeah right. and the pharmaceutical companies are like well just give them this so make it and billions, they give them this like have you ever watched a drug commercial and they tell you are you suffering from let's say depression right 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 and then they read off the list of 20 side effects like yeah. anal leakage yeah. like wait a minute I had depression <laughs> Have depression. Why am I leaking from my booty? Right. It's a, like so, it's just like it's 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 a never-ending cycle that if you don't all the way to the point where, and I left this detail out, they're actually putting sanctions and fees on organic farmers to make it more expensive for us to get the things that are good for us. 
But those big manufacturers are not suffering from those same fees, so that's why you can still get a burger for a dollar so on the menu, the but you're paying ten dollars for a salad. It's like, it's like we're just like pawns in the thing. It's like all about it's just. So it's like if you don't, the way our society, the direction our society's headed, and it's a very, it's a non-functional society because we sit down majority of the day. We we live a very sedentary lifestyle now, which is first off, when you sit for the majority of the day, what you're doing is you're weakening the abs. All right. You're deactivating your glutes and you're tightening up your hip flexors. That's your core. If your core goes astray, guess what? It, your body's a chain. So once one link goes, guess what else is coming? Everything else. Mm. So if you sit in front of a computer for eight to ten hours a day, guess what, my friend? You better have a gym membership. And more importantly, not only should you have a gym membership, you should be finding the nearest guy who's going to teach you what it is to do functional training who's going to be able to coach you on clean eating and is going to point you in the direction of falling in love with this journey of fitness because fitness is no longer a part of our everyday life. So I got two questions. You said that if you're sitting down 8 to 10 hours a day, do you think that in comparison, the ratio, say somebody's 8 to 10 hours a day, five days a week, if they go for one hour a day, that will balance it? Or there's somebody doing 8 to 10 hours a day sitting down, they need more than an hour a day. If they're doing all the other stuff, they're not eating crazy like that, an hour will get you... An hour, five days, I'll tell, let's put it like this. There's 168 hours in a seven-day week. If you're doing an hour a day, and let's say you take a day off, so let's say we're doing six hours a week, what's the percentage of that out of your week? Oh, it's very small. Yeah, very small. Yeah. So is it enough to combat it? Yes. Wow. Is it enough to get you to where you want to be or that ultimate goal? Because everybody's goal is different. So yeah, somebody how much is enough? Is yeah. it's going to change? Person I just don't want to be a blob. I just want to, you know. So yeah, an hour a day will absolutely combat it. But you also got to know that there's things you got to do. And I tell this to people all the time: coming to see me for an hour is great. There's another 23 hours in the day. You have to make the right decisions. If you've been sitting at your desk for four hours straight, get up and do some of the active stretching that I showed you. Yeah, or walk a little further. When you park yeah. somewhere, walk a little further. Don't, don't, don't be afraid to take the stairs, not the elevator. Like right, We right. have to find a way to get that. I mean, our parents used to walk to the bus station, the walk to the bus station, get off the bus, and then walk to work, and so on and so forth. Like Just make, 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 just just, make me an active part of your life. Yeah, so, you know, they, they grew up in a time of manufacturing, so there was a lot of activity in their everyday life. There's not a lot of activity in our life. We are in the information age, so things have changed. So, but you would think with all the information, everybody would know how to get healthy with Look, pronto. I, well, it's there, but it's I'll tell you like this. They, a uh, survey came out, and we were talking about it as a group of, you know, of, of health and fitness professionals. And it said that, I want to say 68% of people have a gym membership just for the sake of conversation, to socialize and say that they're part. I've seen that number of times. Sometimes they have multiple gym memberships. So it's like a club. So, so it's like when, so when, so when you're at the company cocktail hour, you can, when someone says, oh yeah, I hit, I hit my new max on my, uh, on my bench press. Just for conversation. You, you can say, oh yeah, where do you go? Oh, you go to Planet Fitness? I go to Planet Fitness. Oh, see, I, I thought you said when you said at their cocktail hour, I, I thought you meant there's like you know, they get gym memberships so they can talk in the gym because I can have a gym thing where you're going to do something and somebody come up to you and you know you got your headphones on, you're in your zone and the person comes to you like, hey, how you doing? And then they start and it's like, man, you trying, you eating up all the time, you just talking. That's, that's you know? thing too. It's, it's, it's like social hour. It's. It's tough, especially especially when you got someone that really indul- indulges in the fitness culture and they're really trying to get you'll see the big the headphones keep getting bigger and bigger because people are trying to let you know that the world is off and their fitness is on. So, <laughs> if they got the big headphones on and they're sweating, you probably don't want to try to strike a conversation but with them. But it never fails. It never it's, fails. Uh, well, they try to get your attention like, hey, yeah, 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 you see them. So it's I mean Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, and I and I can say that. Because it, it's happened to me. This is why, like, I don't like going to the big gyms and stuff like that. Yes. Um, because that usually is a thing. You know, unless you go early, early in the morning, yeah, that usually is a thing. Because people that are going early in the morning. They're all business. Yeah. But the only thing is, like, who the hell wants to, I mean, some people naturally can get up that. Like, who the hell wants to get up at that time, especially when it's cold, you know? Yeah. But um, I want to bring it back for a second. You know, you're here now, but how did you figure out? Or how did you know I'm going to go for this? Because you weren't always doing this. Like for people that are listening that don't know, I'm your brother. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm your older brother. So I've seen you, mm-hmm. you know, come out of high school, be on the wrestling team, mm-hmm. play football, mm-hmm. you know, 
be about it. Even when I was in college and then I got extremely overweight, it only took three months. And I guess that's the part you're saying about the metabolism mm-hmm. because we had no gym. We were doing things on chairs. We were doing all kind too. of crazy stuff. But in three months, I lost 35 pounds. But even from then, you could have been a trainer then, but you chose not to. Mm-hmm. You went to school. You went to school for marketing. I don't understand what the fuck you did with it. <laughs> I mean, using your business now, that but you, 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 you know. But when you were going there, I don't think that you were looking at that. You even dabbled with music with me. So what led you to? You know, I guess it's like a two-part question. When you got out of college, mm-hmm. what the fuck were you thinking that you were gonna do? Because it wasn't this. Mm-hmm. And then what brought you to know, it's like, no, this is what I want to do, and this is what I'm going to do. I can see myself doing this still at 65 years old. This is my thing. Mm-hmm. Dana, so what was that? Um, oh, man, so let's go back to the very, very beginning. Um, fitness is, is always a staple, um, and I knew it. It always came easy to me, um, whether it was Kempo, whether it was boxing, whether it was, I mean, you saw, I, mean, I never sat still. Um, there was a time you gained a little bit of weight though, because I remember you said that. I'm so, going back to the gym now. Remember you said my stomach's saying so over. I, and I, oh, so this is a that was a start. Story. Hold on. So, 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 so this is a great moment. So you have kids, right? We get out of college. So our parents taught us: you go to school, you get your higher education, and you go out and you get the good job. Well, I always knew I had a passion for business. I had the passion for fitness, but just never took the time out to just point it out. It's just something that I had always done. So going through college, you know, I pretty much stayed fit. Um, got out of college, had my first baby, ended up getting married. We got into the music business because you're like, boom, you got a marketing degree. I remember you handed me the book, and that became my focus because I was like, I had told, I had convinced myself that business, mar- business and marketing was the direction which I was headed. So I tailed away from my own heavy desires to work out. Oh, on top of being wow. busy, so wow, on wow. top of being busy, having a young one, family. So this is a real, so this is a real thing that happens to anybody, no matter how much your passion burns, no, no, how much passion you have for fitness. Everyone goes through that spurt of, or that you know, stint of kind of falling off the wagon, as people like to say. So me having fallen off, I'll never forget us doing the rehearsal video for you, and we're watching it, and it was only me, no, me, you, and I believe nature was in it. Now, there's only three of us, and both of y'all over six foot, and I'm not six foot, so I just remember being in the tank top rocking with you guys, and I'm watching the video, and I'm saying to myself, who's the chubby kid in the tank top, and it was me, and that meant I was like, I had never, I've never been like that ever in my life, and it immediately flipped the switch. I knew at that very moment that I was going to do something for me. Right, right, okay. So I get back in the gym heavy, and again, it just... Fitness is always something that just came natural for me. No one, I didn't need a trainer. I didn't need anyone to point me in the right direction. It's something that I had always done. So when it came to calisthenics, I mean, I was like, I can get a mental roll. The Rolodex was going from Kempo Karate when you came back, when you were in school, when you came back for that summer. It's like, I know how to take little to nothing and get in shape. Right. And hence, this is why the building looks the way it is. You don't need a whole bunch of equipment to get fit. Right, right. All right, so... I get back into it. I have this day job and I end up in the graphics industry. So that's printing for anyone who doesn't know. So the big printing presses, I end up on the ink side of it. I'm making good money. I'm feeding my family. I'm doing what's necessary and what was taught to us. But I'm miserable. And when I say miserable, I could not wake up in the morning to get to work. Company car, <laughs> company car the whole nine yards. I'm in and out of the city at accounts. This, that, and the third. They had just promoted me from... Uh, implant supervisor to sales because I got the marketing background and I had the savvy and, you know, oh, you speak well. This should, this should go. I'm miserable. Miserable. Can't take it anymore. I'm just like, and I'm at work. So by this time, I had already been training part time for seven years, I think, at, at this time. Um, and I'm still the whole time, even with the music, I was always training part time. I remember you used to say how you got the day job, you got the family, you training part time, you're doing the music. I could never let go of that fitness part, no matter how much I tried, because once I had jumped back into it for myself, it just it restarted that fire again. Mm. So it was back on again. So I'm driving out with five gallon pails of printing ink. <laughs> into Long Island, right, Long right. Island City, Brooklyn, you name it. I'm driving out there and I'm sitting there thinking about my client's workout for the day. And I'm telling I'm showing up to the gym with someone's workout, and they're like, Where are you getting all these exercises? And I'm like, from here. 
like my head. And they're like, that's crazy. Like you've changed my workout three and four times already. Yeah. I like this is me. This is someone helping me realize that this is this is what you do. Mm. This is who you are. And I'm just like, oh, snap. Like it just, it just never dawned on me because it came so easy. The understanding of the way the body moves, you know. Um, it's something you would have did for free. You were already, like, if you didn't. Yeah, there was times before I was actually certified to do so, I was already doing it for free. Yeah. Somebody's like, oh, man, you work out hard. I want to work out with you. I, 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 you know, and, I, and I want to point that out because I feel like a lot of people jump into business for the wrong reasons. Like, oh, I need an escape. I need to make money. I like that. You have to pick the thing that you would do for free all the time. Like, it's the thing that moves you all the time. It'll wake you up early. It'll keep you up late. And it's like, it's a blessing to get paid to yes, do that. Absolutely. And I'll never forget our old business partner. So my first venture into having my own spaces, I had joined in on this fitness studio um, in Scotch Plains. And I remember uh, my partner, James, saying, so the mega millions would get up to like 400, 500 million or whatever it is. And he'd always tell all his clients, hey, everybody put in five dollars. We hit this, you know, we're all on the come up. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, you know, I put my little five dollars in because everybody can use a little extra cash. And somebody asked him one day that one of his clients is in there. He's working with them, working with my client. And they go, so if you do hit this mega millions, what's, what are you going to do? He goes, instead of this saying, because the name of the fitness center was Ultimate Fitness and he would call it UFIT. He goes, it'd say, you done, because he said, I'm retiring. That's it. His passion was never, or let me not say that, because his passion could have very well been fitness, but he wasn't in love with fitness the way I was in love with fitness. Because I could come up on 400 million, and this brother's working for free. Yeah. Because what else would I do with myself? Exactly. 400 million, I actually don't have to work. I can go out there and make the necessary investments and put myself in a better position. Yeah, you can do that at your leisure, but it's like, yeah. But I wouldn't stop. 5 a.m., let's crack this door open. Let's get it. (laughs) Because <laughs> that's just that's what moves you. That's what moves it's me. It's bigger than money. And I had I just I just I never took the if I would have slowed down because I'm always used to, you know, boom, get it, get it, get it, get it. I move at a very I speak at a fast pace. I move at a fast pace. If and now being older, I actually move a little slower. Back then, I just never took the time to slow down and see because even I even dabbled in a class in, in fitness when I was in college, you know, because you get to pick your electives. So, I, you know, I took the things that I, you know, I was interested in. And again, accounting and, you know, fitness were both right there with some of the electives, kind of let accounting go, never really let fitness go personally and just never pursued it. Just continue with the business marketing management kind of kind of direction, because that's what I would you know, that's that's what we're taught. Like, hey, you want to put yourself in position to, you know, have a career and make money. And, you, and, you know, and, and it's crazy because that is our parents. You know, our parents and our, their parents before that, because it's like an industrial thing, and it's like get a job, get these benefits and stuff like that. And then it's like, you know, I think our generation was the first generation was like, yo, this shit ain't cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm making money, but is this life? This is it. This is what, you know, this is all I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life, getting raises and all, you know, that stuff is cool. And it's like, it started to shift where it's like, now I want to follow my thing and there's an actual market Mm -hmm. for what I do. And it could be something totally obscure because some totally obscure stuff has been making good business and the person doing what they love to do. And now our kids' generation is like, you technically, if you have something that you're, you know, not only passionate about and you can deliver a high quality product, you have something. You don't have to go and get a boss. Not at all. You don't have to get a boss. And like, it's like, and it's kind of sad to say. It's the greatest lie ever told. Yeah, and it's kind of sad to say, like, you see people that are miserable at their job. And then they replace that misery like they make a lot of money and they replace it maybe with a vacation, new TV, another yeah. car, this, that, yeah. a watch. And it's like, but they're always looking to get out. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And it just goes to show it's like that how money is not everything. And it's like and they don't realize that when they're sitting at that job and they're miserable and they're saying it, that it's like all it is is a choice. Yeah. All it is a choice is a scary choice. Because, you know, you don't have the comfort of every two weeks I get a paycheck oh, like that. Yeah, it's a scare. You have to hunt. But, like, if you're used to, if you can work hard for somebody else, you can work hard for yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and then it's like I, you manage your money differently because of the simple fact you don't have this big void in your body. Yeah. Where it's like I need to, and, and you don't have the security of this paycheck. So it's like 
I have this void. I want to do what I want to do, but I'm gonna spend this money because I know this money's coming. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you are always in debt, and then that cycle keeps going and going and going. Yeah. And once you're working on your own, you're like, Yo, I'm gonna manage it different because this is what I love to do, and I don't want it to stop for anything. Mm-hmm. So I gotta figure out how to get my bills paid the right way, keep money in the thing, so that when I have my downstroke. I can still keep going and stuff like that. And I think what, and a lot of times if the average person that's doing it for money, and I, this is why I say to people, it's like, don't do it for the money. Do it because you love to do it because on that downstroke, if the money's not there, guess what? If you're about the money, you'll jump ship. Mm-hmm. You won't work. You won't give yourself enough time with the business. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a very, very, very real thing. Uh, you got me thinking about a few things. I'm just trying to put them all together. Thoughts. Yeah. I have to hustle very, very, so just to be clear, so I used to, you know, I worked for a big gym, started this up, wrote out the big gym solely because of the people I still had there. Um, not necessarily the paycheck because my paycheck got smaller and smaller and smaller, but just recently within the last month being officially just self-employed, no, no security blanket at all. Um, every month is scary, but I've done the numbers to where I'm confident enough that in my in my knowledge and understanding for what I do and my passion that my overhead is always covered, bare minimum. I may not be able to go out and hang out with the boys, you know, in the month of July because summers are slow, but my bills are paid. But look at what you just said, though, and this is the difference. Look at the sacrifice that you're willing to make to continue to do the business the way that you want it to be your own boss. Sometimes it requires you to withdraw, right? Versus the person going to work. It's like, I can do it. I can go. I need to, I need to do the after hours with the boys. I need to blow 200. I need to go to the strip. I need, because I need that release. I had a long work week. Yeah. And it's like, this is not work. You know, your, your passion is not your. So it's like, nah, I need to. This is like, I feel alive. I want to keep this thing going. So you're willing to yeah. sacrifice. Yeah. And it's like, it's not a big deal. It's like, yo, you're not gonna come out and do lunch with us? You're not gonna go out for drinks with the fellas? So like, I'm good. It's like, damn, son, you're not, you not fly, you're not dressing like that, you know how it's like, nah, I'm good. I'll just wear, I'll just wear this whole thing. Matter of fact, I don't even want to think about what I'm wearing right now. You know what I'm saying? So And nine, nine out of ten times I'm look, people always ask me, how's it going? I'm like, another day in paradise. Cause at the end of the day, I get to show up to work, shorts, sweatpants, sneakers. I get to wear my hair the way I want, recently shaved the head ball, let the beard grow. Like I get to be I get to be me all the time because I'm signing my check. Yeah. yeah. And no one is funny. My old boss from my corporate job, all the all way up until last year, until I till he found out once because I'm still friends with a lot of the people I used to be co-workers with. Oh, Rob went and opened up his own gym like he said he was gonna do. Forever Young Fitness and Performance has been in the making for well over eleven years. Wow. When I did my little thing in graphic design, I actually designed a little ugly yellow and blue logo that I was like, Forever Young Fitness and Performance. Well, it was just Forever Young Fitness at the time. This is what I was going to run with. And it went from the word forever to the number four because you know I came up with the creed for the four, the four pillars of you know being successful at hitting your goals. So you know it changed as time went along and everything happens in its perfect timing because all this lined up and boom, hit at the same, and just hit at just the right time. Mm. My client was like, oh, there's a building in my town that's been up for, you know, rent for more than a year. They happened to drop the rent $500. Made it perfect for my overhead. Could I afford the extra five? Yeah, if I would, you know, did my numbers a little differently. Perfectly. And then I had people that believed in me because I didn't have the whole knot to make this happen right away. Mm. But I had successfully helped people lose a lot of weight that were like that had their own business and were like, we know what it is to get started. How much more you need? Wow. Show, show. First thing they said, show me the numbers. Oh, I can do that. I've been, I've been plotting on this for I don't know how long. Boom, boom, boom. Break down all the numbers. As long as I work eight hours a day making X, Y, and Z, and I do boom, 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 boom. I can, not only can I get you guys' money back, which has already been said and done, but I can put us in position where I was like, 2019, I want to come to the table with 20 grand. If you both come to the table with 20 grand, we can now make that next step. Mm. So let me ask you, like, you said it was in the making for 11 years. So then what keeps you going at that point? Like, because if it's in the making 11 years, it's like, it's like you, you weren't looking like 10 years from now, I'm going to do this. I, I bet you during that 11 years, it's like this time it's going to be it. 
I'm going to, this year it's going to be it. And then it's like, how do you keep that fire lit? And what do you do on those times? It's like, okay, it looks like everything's coming together and then everything kind of falls apart. Like, how do you keep yourself oh. up and like, yo, I'm, I'm just going to power through to get to here. 11 years later, now you have it. Uh, for me specifically, I think the music business taught you what it is to keep your nose to the grindstone. Uh, that music business was, it's like nothing else. <laughs> it's um, because it's not solely based off of your hard work, the music business. There's a little bit of luck in there. It's about who you know. It's very it's about how much you're willing to put. I mean, there's a piece you have. To, it's almost like you got to give a piece of your soul and not in a bad way. But it's like you hear about people successful in the music business that had to give a relationship with their kids or had to go through a divorce. I mean, and I guess something that everybody can relate to is Beyonce's father literally had to go through divorce with her mother, live in separate houses to finally get them to pop. And then, you know, the group finally pops off. The, you know, the parents get back together and, you know, who knows what they're, I don't think they're together now, but that's, you know, that's other ups and downs of relationships. But it's just like, you got to give some things up. This man was, had a great six figure job in the, in the state of Texas where they don't pay taxes. Like he was willing to give that up because he believed in his daughter and those girls that much. So this, that music business is such an animal that, and I'm not saying that anyone needs, needs, needs to go out and take that crash course, but it's like if you want to learn the ins and outs of business and have a little bit of street hustle in you too, that industry will get you right because then you go into anything else. And it's, I'm not going to say that this is a breeze, but a lot of what I do you know, when it comes to business finances is very cookie cutter. I need to work X amount of hours, you know, say filling these bodies. And because I am so passionate about it, it's like for me, it happens like this. Right. It's like, boom, you walk in my door and tell me this is what you need. Boom, I'm going to find out exactly what you need. I'm going to break you down. I'm going to find out why it hasn't worked for you over the years because people procrastinate. And once you give me that ammunition and I can pick you apart, it's like, boom, 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 boom. So are you really, are you really, really ready for this to change? And the question I ask people, and I'm going to give this secret away for all the other trainers out there, is once they, give, once they paint the picture of where they've been through fitness or where they haven't been, and then they give you their goals. And if you ask them to grade how important their goals are on a scale of one to 10, and it's not a 10, they're not serious about this. So the minute someone gives me anything less than a 10, and they're telling me, and you continue to tell me in my face that you're frustrated with where you are and, you're, and with your health and your fitness, and it's not a 10, you're lying to me. Either lying to me or you're lying to yourself. Lying to yourself. So that's why I sit there and be like, at this, if we. If we can't come to agreement that these goals are a 10, I'm not the guy for you because I take this too serious. And I'm actually going through that with a client now who I've bent over backwards for who has pushed me to a point where it's just like, I don't think I'm the trainer for you. But that's how I am with music. That's why you don't see me partnered up with a lot of people because yeah. I realize my drive and ambition for music is a lot different than somebody that says, yo, I'm jumping the board because it looks good. Right. And it's like, you have no idea what I'm trying to, like, you, you, you're you totally clueless if you think you're just going to jump a board because it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. You know, and then you see the, the ins and outs. And it is totally, like, with music, it's totally subjective because it's my job to deliver this great product. Mm -hmm. And even after delivering the great product, that doesn't mean that people are gonna like it. Yeah. But you still gotta still gotta put a dope hook, you still gotta put dope verses, you still gotta record it, mix it, master, you gotta you still gotta package it in a way and it could be a total dud. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, I mean the music business, look, the music business really sharpened my business IQ, if you will. Um, that made this I guess such an easy transition because Look, I, I know a lot of trainers at these big gyms who are just comfortable and they're scared. They have the talent and they have the ability to go out and have their own. But because the comfort that the big gym is doing all this marketing and advertising, there's always going to be someone walking through that door, you know, fresh faced, that they're comfortable. What's this Again, that's the worker mentality. It's a worker mentality. It's, it's, it's like, yo, I need a boss because it's too much. It's too much risk. A lot of people don't want to. It gets overwhelming. Our oh, yeah. mother said that. It's like, yo, not everybody's like you. You know what I'm saying? And I have older people say the same thing. And then I was like, I realize it like some of the people that I associate with and I realize it like not everybody's like them. You know what I'm saying? Like like you take a person like Popeye, like, yo, there's a lot of people that they admire what he does, but they would never do it. And it's like it takes a certain type of individual to be like, fuck it, let's go and do it. Yeah. Like what you're doing now, it took yo, we were trained a certain way from our parents. But that doesn't mean that you had to stay that way. So yeah. it took a lot of balls 
to say, nah, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to jump this thing. I'm going to do it now because if I wait any longer, time is just going to keep yeah. on passing me by. And it's funny because I, I still get those phone calls. How's business going? You know, the people waiting for you. You, you need a chop yet? <laughs> but, 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 but not even fail. Like, oh, you're talking about from my parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fear of not having that stability. They call like, how's business going? Oh, yeah. And look, there's been plenty of times they call, like, especially in the first year where it's like, yeah, I'm a little late on rent, but my landlord, he understands what business is because he started from scratch. So he's working it. Yeah, but I'll, you know, and that's a, a genuine parent's concern because dad will ask all the time. He'll say all the time, so how's it going? You know, and it's yeah, like, yeah. still doing it, right? But and, and that's from them. But I always find it funny from people that have known you in the past that know and do stuff. And it's like kind of like they ask the question in a sense like they're waiting for you to fall off or oh, some yeah, shit like absolutely. that. Like, yo, you still doing that? <laughs> you see? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually it's it's going. You know, and not to like you don't try to floss too much. You're just like, no, it's it's going. You know what I'm saying? I realized that too. Like when. I was more popular in music and not making the money. I felt the need to always say, I got this going on. I got that going on because I'm trying to talk this thing up so people will buy into it. Now that, yo, years later, and you're talking about goddamn like 20 years. I failed for 20 years before it worked. Yeah. And then it's like, now that it's working, it's like somebody asked, yeah, it's going. It's what I have. I, if I have to tell you that this is what's happening now then you're just not up on what's happening yeah. right now. Because I'm working and delivering shit every fucking day. Every day there's something out there, a new video, a new this and that. Yeah. Like, I don't have to talk about it. It's all around you. The only thing I could do at this point is hire a publicist. But that wouldn't be a wise business move at this point. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, but I find that funny. Like, when we yeah. check on you and be like, yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> funny because I, I, I hear through friends of friends and associates that are, you know, the trainers, that, you know, the gym I left that, you know, they asked. Like some some actually ask in admiration. They're like, oh man, like Rob's always had that hustle to him. You know, that's why he did did what he did. Like <clears throat> like like my final day when I run around piecing everybody up, like, oh, this is it, this is it for me. I was like, you guys know where to find me. And they're like, oh, like some people are like proud of you. Hey man, you know, definitely a catch up and check in on you. So yeah, you get the vibe of those who are genuinely like, oh yeah, go out there and kill it, man. You've been killing it this whole time. And those that are like, you know, because they want to do it, but the, that courage is not there. You yeah. know, it takes a lot. And but do you get a little bit on the so now it's your first year and I can only imagine like, um, you know, it's scary. So you jump in, you got the brick and mortar and, you know, clients are not coming through the door. Then they are. Then they're not. And then it's like, do you ever get that feeling where it's like, oh, man, maybe I'll just go back to the job. This is like too tough. And then if you do have that thought, because some people say, I don't have that thought. And but if you do have that thought, what do you do? In your own internal battle where you box that voice down because that's your that internal voice that little thing on your shoulder like nah you can't do it so how do you box that out of your mind um i love the hustle so i don't think that thoughts ever come from that because even when i was short you know you have questions like you're looking at you're looking through your contacts seeing who you haven't motivated today that i fall because my numbers are added up so if i'm if i ever fall short i'm late it's because something either i miss somebody or, you know, or I overlook something. So I go back and, you know, I'm going through my contacts. Like, oh, I was supposed to reach out to so-and-so this day and I didn't. She told me to. So stuff like that, because there's a lot of moving pieces right now with me being, you know, Mr. Everything here. So he's like, like I said, building maintenance, admin. So sometimes run you, the you, miss, you might miss so, so I might overlook something. So you, I mean, proficiency, as much of a borderline neat freak I am, as organized as I like to believe I am, the proficiency it takes to do all things great is beyond human, like the, the the human ability. Well, I'm so a, even when you speak to like people like uh, Henry Ford, when he was saying like he, when they, I forgot what it is the story when someone asked him something and he goes, "No, I got people for that." He hired the people that were best. This this is what you're good at. This is where I lack. And he put them in position to do it. Yeah. So he's like, "Look, you're asking me. I don't know, but I, give me a second, Johnny. Come here. Answer that for me. All right, go back." And four, it is what it is today. So hold that thought real quick, because I'm going to text bedtime, because yeah, and I'm going to tell them this, if we can push back to 3.30. Let me see. Is it okay to do the class? I'm just... And I, I know to jump right in, because when you're saying that, it's like... When you're saying that he hired different people, it's like, um, this is why I'm so against multitasking. 
because it's like it's or being a jack of all trades. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. It's like it, it does require you to do all these things. But it's like, you know, when you're running your own business. But the sooner that you can find somebody, the, yeah. you know, the better. But it's not always a reality and stuff like that. So I struggled to find a cleaning person that was going to give me a reasonable rate. Um, I got a 14 year old son who just kept hit me on the phone, hounding me. I'm bored at the house. I'm bored at the house because we took his privileges away. Um, so I was like, you know what? Called him up. I was like, I got something for you to do. He goes, what? I was like, you like money, right? He goes, yeah. He's like, you about to make some money. He's like, oh, man, what's money? I was like, You're, you are going to be the startup forever young, you know, uh, cleaning and laundry service. I was like, got him a sales order receipt book, uh, sales order book, receipt book, taught him how to divide up his envelopes. I was like, look, 70% goes back into the business. 30% you can keep for yourself and do what you want. You need a haircut. You want to save up for some sneakers. Like, what, what, that's your money. I don't want nothing to do with it. I was like... But when it comes to this business thing, you run these books right for six months. I'll make it an official business. I'll put my name on it. But you are the you are the benefactor wow. of this business. And he was with it. And he's struggling. I mean, he's struggling. Like I said, he coming here. I give him a grade. How long it took him? Because I've cleaned this place head to toe in two hours. I know he's going to take some time to do it. Actually, this past Saturday, just just yesterday, was his first time doing it in just over two hours. But he cut some corners, and I saw. Ah. I had to redo the bathroom floor. I had to revacuum down by the freeways. So I text him. I was like, look, so I give him a little business grade on, you know, quality of the job, customer service, because the first day he's pouting and moaning. And oh, no, no. I was like, look, service. I'm getting bad service. right?" Yeah, now. Business is built off of the reviews. And, and I was like, look, if someone went on Google or Yelp right now, you wouldn't be doing too well. So yeah. I write it right on a sticky pad and I give it to him. That must hurt the ego a little bit. It's being so young. <laughs> so it's just like. I see great things in my 14 year old. And it's almost like he doesn't see it, so I have to pull it out of him. Yeah, because at 14, what are you really thinking? There's there's a rare few 14-year-olds that are like, I don't want to play. I, I got to get right. busy. So. so me kind of forcing this business structure on him, forget the Xbox. He hounded me. I want my Xbox back. I got A's and B's. Yes, congratulations. We had to take it from you for you to get A's and B's. Mm. <laughs> so I'm not going to give you that distraction back. So you don't know what you're supposed to do. So... I'm going to give you this business. This is your baby. And now he's running track. He has practice. He has meets. His laundry service, I told him, is a 24-hour turnaround. You're a 14-year-old kid. There's no reason it can't be 24-hour turnaround. I hand you a basket of laundry. I want to pay my $10 and have my laundry back. So I now put this baby in his lap, and he has to nurture it. He's going to go through the bumps because I'm not going to – him more than anybody, I'm going to be super hard on. Because if you can take it from me, you'll be able to take it from anybody. Yeah, 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 why not? And actually, in all actuality, I want him to be his biggest critic, but he's not there yet. He doesn't understand what it is to really, like, set a standard for yourself. And this this is it. There is nothing else. Um, so me being unable to find the help that I needed at a decent rate, I put it in the hands of my son and allow him to grow as a, you know, grow some type of entrepreneurial mindset and some kind of let me go out and hustle for my money because the one of the greatest sayings I've heard in recent times that I don't know who said it, but it's like the dream is free, but the hustle sold separately. Always. Like that part, that hustle part of this, I learned from the music business how to navigate it, but I fell in love with it from the very beginning because I've always, I was never the most talented kid. I was never the fastest. I could never jump the highest. None of that. But I had loved football so much in my first two years, I was a scrub. And I was tired of being a scrub. And I remember, <laughs> I remember looking at dad like, and I, and I was a little chunky as a kid too. So Remember they call you stone hands? Yeah. So they, they still do, I still can't catch. But you put that rock in, but, but you hand me that ball, I'm, I'm mowing a couple people down. Okay. Um, so I remember looking at dad like, you got to put me in Kimpo. Like, you got to put me in karate. Like, that is going to help my coordination. I'm going to shed some pounds. and get. Man, don't you know he put me in karate for that summer? I came back that football season, and I never looked back every year, every season after that. Because it put me in position where it's like, I knew I was missing something. And again, karate helped me with the mindset that you're going to get out what you put in. And it just, and our parents always told us that, but that just helped, you know, reinforce that. Continue to work hard, continue to learn how to punch harder. And that kid you can't knock out in the competition, you'll be able to knock him out. So that getting me right, I went back that football season, there was no looking back. I went from being little Rob, little Bobby on the football team to there was like young. 
That's it. They were calling by my last name. They was like, put Young on defense, put Young on kickoff, put Young on kick return. Like, nice. I was all over the field. Like, put him there. But that I, just goes to show. That goes to show too. It's like, you know, about putting in the work. Like, yeah, that you hustle. Because you you hear you hear stories like a Michael Jordan story, or you hear all these different things. But you're like, you're you know, those are like popular stories because of Michael Jordan is, and like people don't think they think that. Like that's something that supersedes him because he's like some phenomenon. No, no, it's not. It's just about putting in the work. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's probably and it's the same thing with like if you go to music like um uh Eminem or Nasir. Like yo, you, you know, I just watched the Roxanne uh movie and not, okay. they had a you know a kid playing Nas and the first time that he seen Roxanne, she was like spit something if you don't spit and then she he was like choking and then like she was like if you don't spit something the next time I see you I'm gonna beat you up. You know what I'm saying? And that's a different type of motivation, but he worked on his thing towards the end of the movie. You know, he worked on his thing, and then she was like, oh, you nice, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that was supposed to be nice, but yeah. it just, like, showing us, like, yeah, you might not have it right from the jump. Many things don't just come natural to people. Uh-huh. It's like you've got to put in work. Yeah. You see somebody get behind a piano, or you see somebody that is doing kicks in karate, and they're, you know, their leg is going straight up. Yeah. Yeah. The shit, just, you know, maybe time some of it might be talent and happen, but a lot of it, guaranteed, is going to be hard work. It is. It's time in, and I think the society we live in teaches kids otherwise, because, you know, everything has to happen in an instant. That, that instant gratification, as well as... You, they don't show the behind the scenes. They don't show the low, low, lows that people have gone through to get get to where they're at. I mean, like I forget how many hours they said Jordan would hang out after practice to get his, you know, to get his thing right. Um, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you can go to any great athlete. Well, look at look at look at what you when you had mentioned Steve Jobs earlier. Like, you know, I was reading the book and it's like, you know, before he left Apple and stuff like that. Like he made before Apple, like Apple products are all over the place now. But he's felt significantly yeah. multiple times in a, a in during the course of decades before this thing became a household name. Yeah. And he's just the one small piece. People like Steve Jobs is synonymous with Apple, but you know there's other people like Wozniak that actually is doing the engineering, and there's a whole bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. But it just just goes to show you, like you know, you like. You're going to. You're not really doing anything if you're not failing to begin with. Yeah, that's like I said, like even to like I said, to the point that I am now. It's like I failed for 20 years. I always came with a plan and said, this is going to work. And this is like, sometimes it worked a little bit. It didn't work as much. Sometimes things worked out a little bit better, but it's still like for the long haul. And then like I did an interview with Jay Hatch and he was even saying, so he's like, yo, what ends up coming out is the people that end up coming out on top is the people you just keep seeing them doing it. Yeah. Consistency. It's like you just see them do it over and over again. Some people come into something. It could be the fitness world. It could be. A burger stand, but some people say I'm gonna jump in and do it, and it doesn't work out, and then they back out. They try four or five different things and stuff like that, and that's like the major point of not being motivated by money yeah. and letting your your passion for something yeah. lead the way. Yeah, and I think of another great fitness story like Unless your passion is money is C T Hatcher, uh, C C T Fletcher. Um, he's actually sick right now. He's waiting on a heart transplant. Um, he's had open heart surgery before, beat it, came back strong, and in the 80s and 90s he was he, he was big, big power lifter, you know. Yeah, I think I seen his story. And um, yeah, like a heart thing or something. Yeah, and then he started Iron Addicts, and he's a terrible businessman. He says it himself, and he's let people take advantage of him. So now everybody's ripping, you know, his brand and selling it because no one copyrighted it for him. You know, so it's just so much stuff that got overlooked that this man is sitting there. You know, at his worst health-wise, and people are still capitalizing off of him. He teamed up with some guy to do the supplements, and they're telling him the supplements aren't making. Like he's going through so much. I'm sitting here listening to this, and I'm just like, to be that passionate about fitness, to be that, to be that, to be on, to be that man on fire, and just not have the simple know-how. To put yourself in a position where you where you and your kids will always be good financially because that kind of passion and fitness, he should be benefiting the way Arnold benefited. He should be benefiting the way uh, Body by Jake. You know what I'm saying? Like some of these Julian Michaels or whatever her name is. You know what I'm saying? Because all she did, you know, The Biggest Loser, which is a terrible show and it's just so unreal because it's a fabricated environment for really heavy people to lose a lot of weight which they cannot sustain in normal everyday life 
You see these other people capitalize on the business of fitness. And then you watch someone with that much passion for fitness not reap those same rewards. Yeah, so this is where I say that hustle. You well, know what I'm saying? The dream is and, free, but not the, the hustle. hustle so because it's he has the hustle. It's knowing the business. You have to still... This is, it, it, and this is the big thing why artists have in music have gotten taken for forever. Because they're so passionate about what they do and they say, turn a blind eye to business. Right. And it's like, yo, you still have to be... And this goes in anything. Just because you do something really well and you're really passionate about it, well, if you don't learn the business, at least to learn the business to the point where I know I need to hire somebody, then you're asking to get taken. Yeah. It's just like, you know, you get a young kid that says, I like to watch video games, I watch YouTube, blah, 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 but I don't like to read. Well, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. You have to, athletes, it happens to athletes all the time too. There's kids that are passionate about playing basketball. Football, track, all these things. Go out to do great things, the most popular whatever in the world. And don't have a dime because they didn't read the contract. They didn't know enough to get a lawyer. Verse, and then you have somebody that sits on the bench that gets their little yeah. six figures a year and was reading, as studious, yeah. Yeah. as corny as it may sound, and they're living a comfortable life. Yeah. You know, and that's where that is like, it's a shame to hear that that's happening to him. It's like, but it's just passion. It's just not, you still have to educate yourself. Yeah. It's still education. Yeah. You know, so that's, the, that's, so that's just, that's in recent times that, oh, the dream is free. The hustle sold separately is always, it always stuck well with me because I, cause I, cause I, I can identify with the hustle part wholeheartedly through the majority of my life because that's, I had to become the blue collar. You know, I had to take the blue collar approach in almost everything in life because I just, well, we're not I was going out of money. <laughs> yeah, well, that, and I, I mean, I was good at things, but I was never, like I said, I could never draw. I could never, you know, I couldn't get on the basketball court and just make things happen. I couldn't get on the football field and just make things happen. I had to work harder than those. And that's one of the things where, I guess, when I say I see greatness in my son, like, he's super, super talented. Like, he's, he's been blessed and he's gifted. Like, dude doesn't even really play basketball, and the seniors pick him up in gym because, you know, I mean, the boy can play basketball. Nice. Like he's he's always had those abilities. Um, he's very savvy when it comes to people. Very personable. Um, but you know, in just the same way he has his blessing, he has his areas where he has to get stronger at. So I'm just trying to get him to understand that you have to learn to exploit what you've been blessed with. At the same time, you have to fine tune those things where you fall short, so that you become, you know, a full threat. Yeah. I mean, there's a, put it this way: there's a lot of dudes, as well as people in the NBA. There's a lot of dudes that are. That are killing it. They remember the N one series, the street yeah, basketball yeah. series, killing it, and could run circles around a lot of people in the NBA. But they were missing that other part, the discipline part, yeah. and understand the bit. And it's like that's the only thing separating it. Like you put those two people in the court, somebody for the NBA, and this person, yeah. he smoke them. Yeah. You know, street legend, and they're like, oh, but you couldn't get to the NBA because you lack certain disciplines, right. this certain this right. X, Y, and Z. So. Yeah. You know, it's the same for anything. Yeah, you know, the cookie crumbles, man. So it's just, I just, I really, I really hold strong to there's nothing, there's nothing I wouldn't do to make sure that this, this remained as far as sacrificing from, you know, things that I want to do that I don't necessarily need to do. So I'm willing to give up the, you know, the wants in life so that I have what I love to do. Um, I'll never take away from what I need because, of course, you know, that's how you make a living, but. The hustle part really holds near and dear to me because there's no amount of money that will make people like, I don't want to do this anymore. If you like what you were listening to today, be sure to share with a friend. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook at MC. That's U-N-I-V-S-O-L-M-C. Also, you can check all the past podcasts and the newest podcast first if you go to univsoulmc.lipson.com. Lipson is L-I-B-S-Y-N. Not one for the gossip, not one for the nonsense. To make it perfectly obvious, I'm here to get my pockets. 
I'm overload, heavyweight mode, don't care who's watching. Spinning my goals, kicking my flow, get them speakers knocking. Fight your way about that ghetto with limited options. Hit your hands up for this dough, modern day robin. Hoodie hood, fella got the groove back, rocking LA driver in the front seat, blow through your city bopping. Liddy with the buzz, homes, when your album dropping. I'll be sure to like everything you do, but I won't be capping. Arrested development, you speech back to me when you not popping. Respect to the brothers like you, who stayed on the lock in. Other sideline and on the chiming, observing, getting nervous, asking for a hand, yo's in the dirt, you working. Couple of snaps. You hashtags, I told the world we deserve it You keep on showing them how it's done I'll be here front and lurking Sometimes you just gotta be like Oh, shit And just roll up with something in the air, man They gonna watch your moves regardless Keep doing what you do Stay doing the locking.